Howdy! This is the Isabel Wellman Podcast, a space where we question the deeper meaning of life, explore the magic of being human, and honor the Greek warrior within ourselves. Expand with new perspectives and design your life through the radical acceptance of you. It's time to learn how to live by a new set of rules. Giddy up, take a deep belly breath, subscribe to the podcast, and let's go on an adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm eager to share with you that on the Isba Woman podcast, you are about to be exposed and invited into a four-part series of juicy, delicious knowledge. You will want a notebook. You want a full pen of ink. You want a space that you can focus. Before I go any deeper, I want to simply say that For the past year, two years, I have been doing a deep dive into the female physiology as a whole. Strength, cycles, food, hormones, the whole shebang. And this four-part series is going to be able to give you insight into your own female nature. And if you are a male, I still encourage you to listen to this podcast. Why? I'm not a female. I don't have a menstrual cycle. Well, you have a 24-hour testosterone cycle. Did you know that? And that is just as important as the female cycle. Is it as long? No. Is it as emotionally different? No. Yet, to understand your own male cycle, your own production of hormones is so essential. And if you have a lady partner and you want to understand and connect with her more be able to ask her what she needs and create a dialogue between the two of you when it comes to the cyclical nature of her beingness, then this is a great place to start. So this conversation in four-part series was brought to my attention by a very lovely soul who flew into my sphere right before I left Instagram. She dropped me a DM and her Leo energy is so satisfying her youth y'all think i'm a leo she is a mega mega leo and when we first sat down on zoom together it had felt like we already knew each other very familiar very interesting to see just how easy it was to speak with her and share ideas and talk a little bit deeper to get to know one another so i know that you are going to love her just as much if not more than me And my guest is Brie Martinez. A little bit about her is that she is the founder of Wild Moon LLC. Her business is one that specializes in spiritual and nature education and adventures for women. She has spent the last decade as an educator and an outdoor guide, leading backpacking, rock climbing, and kayaking trips. She seeks to find the magic and wonderful mystery in the everyday moments with herself through intimately connecting with others and intimate she is in our conversations you are going to feel the love that comes out of her and the care and the nourishment and the passion about these topics how she describes the four archetypes in correlation with the menstrual cycle because there are four parts of the menstrual cycle the menstrual part itself is only one aspect of the four and then how it further goes into each and every day, how you can call upon these archetypes 
and use them for a moment that you need the extra boost or you need it to retract your energy. Permission slip to be yourself because you are choosing that for yourself. This conversation is going to leave you with so much to work with, very integrative. And as y'all know, you are here because I am all about learning, understanding, experimenting, and the integration of these tools. One of my favorite tools she shares is about the moon cycle and how you track each of your days with the cycle so that you can begin to see patterns over a long period of time, which eventually leads you into a more cyclical nature of knowing when it's not the best day to go socialize or it's a really great day to make new connections. Maybe why you're not as hungry, maybe what you need more of from your partner or from your family or from the kiddos or what would be able to help you in that moment. I am, I'm going to let y'all dive in now. Thank you so much. I'm so honored you're here. Please grab your notebook, pens, papers. Have an area you can be focused in. If you're in the car, that's a-okay. Drive safe. I love you, and I'll see you on the other side. What are archetypes, and how have they impacted your life? Archetypes are patterns of energy that live inside all of us. They're a piece of our what Carl Jung calls the collective unconscious, the deepest part of our minds that contains a lot of inherited memories that are common to all of humankind. The way I kind of think about it is it's like this communal memory bank that we have that we sometimes don't even know we have access to, but these energies are influencing us whether we know it or not. And so we're really aware of these archetypes in a lot of different ways. We see them coming up in our myths and literature, our art, our religious icons. We can see them in our dreams sometimes. We can really see them in ourselves. They're a way for us to understand what's going on in our minds and the minds around us, because it really, instead of us being like an individual, like I am me and you are you, we all have these energies in us. So I think one of the most common commonly recognized archetypes is like the hero. We see that in like every movie ever, right? And we all have that hero energy in us. Maybe some of us don't think that we have it, but it really is there. And so we can connect with each other on that level because we all have that in us. Another one is like the teacher archetype where all of us has the ability to be a teacher of what we're we know and what we're good at. Maybe it's math. Maybe it's something else like kindness. All of us have these energies within us. What got you interested in these archetypes? When I started learning about them, I was just like, wow, I could suddenly see things very clearly in my life that I was like, this is undeniable. These are here and I need to learn more about it. Specifically for the feminine archetypes, I started learning how they were tied into our menstrual cycles. And as I started to watch the flow of my own menstrual cycle, just being like, wow, these are so connected. I'm the kind of person that I want to learn everything about everything. And my life is is made more rich by all these different connections that I draw through or draw between things. Once I find a connection, I need to know more. It's insatiable. (laughs) I love that energy about you. And it comes full force. Did you have a particular moment where an archetype stood out and you're like, oh, I want to embody that? 
I don't know if I've had like a specific, I would have to think about like a specific moment, but I do know through my day, like archetypes will pop up, like the virgin warrior archetype that I'll talk about in a little bit. I really see her in my life when I'm like going out and being really competitive in a sport or something. It's just fun, playful, super energetic, full force energy. That's the place that I see that. I guess here's a moment when I lived in Ecuador for a while and the mountain there, Cotopaxi, is like 19,000 feet. And I've never climbed a mountain before, but I know people do it. And I was looking at the mountain from the city and I was like, I want to climb that. It was just like a thought that popped into my head. And so I went and did it and it was literally the physically hardest thing I've ever done, probably to this date. But I think that was a very clear moment of that virgin warrior popping out. Like, I've never done this before. I know it's going to be hard. I want to go do it. I want to test myself. Wow. That <laughs> is a wicked experience. <laughs> How did you acclimate? I have to ask before we go into archetypes. (laughs) I'd been in keto for about two months before I did it. And I had been like running training for like a 15K or something like that. That was pretty much all the acclimating I did. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, that was my virgin warrior. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So let's, let's bring up the lead a little bit today. We are talking about archetypes and we're going to be going through a four part series. I would love for you to name each of the four parts we're going to be talking about, and then lead us into what this virgin warrior is. Yes. Okay. So I like to mention that these are our names and kind of outline descriptions that I've come up with for these four archetypes. And All of us are going to experience a similar energy, but not exactly the same. So if you feel like you want to name your archetype differently, like that's totally up to you. I came up with these names and I do see them out there too, that other people have named them similarly. But again, this is very individual work and I'm giving a framework. So starting with the virgin warrior archetype, I like to mention to start with that virgin doesn't necessarily mean sexual virgin. It's that that fresh newness. I've never done this before. First time experience energy, which can be in anything in our life, the warrior part of it, that strength and establishing yourself. And so the virgin warrior, she shows up in our lives in our early teens after we've first started bleeding kind of young womanhood life. She's there to help us establish ourselves, establish boundaries, know who we are, and really come into ourselves as a woman. She's also represented in our menstrual cycle in the follicular phase. So right after we finish bleeding, where we have this, our hormones start to rise again, and we get this kind of fresh energy. We're done bleeding. We're ready to come back into the world. We can also see this in the outer seasons as well. You know, that spring energy that we all feel when things start growing again. There's a lot of different places, different cycles where we can see the same energy. Then moving on to the mother creator archetype, she is this energy that can come out for us in our lives after we've passed that kind of rebellious teenage young 20s years when we feel more stable, maybe we're settling down, maybe we're having kids. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean kids. You could be mothering a lot of different things. You could be mothering a business, you could be mothering relationship, you could be mothering a community, a project, things like that. That's the creator energy too. She has this full abundant energy and she can be represented in our menstrual cycle at the time of ovulation. That's when we're most likely to get pregnant. She has this full energy. That's when our hormones are really high and we've just got this juiciness about us. And then internally in the seasons and externally, we have summer. Summer is that time just of full abundance and everything's just popping off. There's this joy and ease about it. Then going on to the wild woman enchantress archetype, she represents our premenstrual time. 
in our menstrual cycles and her energy can also show up during perimenopause or that transition from our menstruating years into menopause internally that would be fall energy or externally as well things are dying off things are maybe starting to get a little stormy the winds are blowing things like that and then the fourth one is the wise woman crone who we can feel at menstruation that we need to rest, recharge, relax, also visioning too. She really has this power of wisdom about her in our menstrual cycle. That would be menstruation. And then internally for our season, that would be winter feeling quiet and calm, that coziness that need to not do anything. Really. (laughs) We can be whole just by being lying on the couch, reading a book or something like that. And that's just as important being able to go through each little section and honor them in our everyday, in our week, in our months. I'd love for you to dive into the Virgin Warrior and how can we better encapsulate this energy in our day, in our month, for the long-term work, love, life, all the things. Yeah, totally. The Virgin Warrior, this is a cool thing for anybody to do is to get in touch with that energy and jot down what is coming up for me. Because like I said, all of these are inside of us already, even if you don't know it. So kind of doing a brainstorm of words or feelings or sensations that you might associate with her. Some of the ones that I associate with her are like strength, courage, newness, curiosity, playfulness, enthusiasm, Sometimes when I'm trying to embody her in my own life, I honestly just think back to when I was a teenager, what it felt like to be running around carefree and having that much energy and just bringing that into my own life. One of the ways we can work with archetypes is physically embodying them. So almost like an actor in a play or, you know, a method acting where actors really use their own sensations and experience where they're just trying to let that sensation kind of take them. They're not trying to be themselves playing somebody else. They're actually trying to be that person. And so that's what we can do with archetypes too, is like have this clear picture of them and then take that energy and just let it flow through us so that we can run with it. Thinking back to times when you have experienced that in your life, whether it was your teenage years or say it was an experience that you had, like I shared earlier about climbing that mountain. So sometimes when I need that energy, I'll look back to that and I will literally remember everything about that feeling, that moment, like what was going on and how can I use that now? Because I'm not feeling her, like I'm feeling disconnected from her. And speaking of, we can talk about their shadows too. Archetype has a shadow side and Shadows are not necessarily a negative thing. I think there's a lot of fear around them or like, oh, that's a bad thing. We don't want the shadow. And shadows really are more just teachers. They show us where we're out of balance in our life. And it's not necessarily that we need to fix anything. It's that we just need to come back more into balance, knowing that we're dynamic beings, you know, we're never static. And so we're never going to be perfectly in balance, you know, but that shadow side is just like telling us like, oop swung too far that way like let's bring it back and the more we can realize that in real time the more we can flow through it I remember the first time I learned that balance was not a static thing like that kind of blew my mind it was like oh yeah you're right when you're balancing on one foot you're wobbling the whole time there is no static point I think we think about this thing of like I'm gonna be in balance I'm gonna be right in the middle of whatever and there's gonna be swings one way or another what we're trying to do is catch that swing and move it back another way before it goes too far and we fall over that's such a good 
analogy because I think about um, instantly balance beam gymnastics. Mm-hmm. You cannot hold an isometric pose for more than 30 seconds. It's really hard at least. Yeah. So that's such a good distinction. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That blew my mind when I realized that I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Totally. <laughs> so The shadow side of the Virgin Warrior. Well, actually, let's talk about what her mission is. I think that will help first before we get into the shadow. So each goddess or archetype has sort of like a mission or a task or however you want to think about it. That's what they're trying to do in life in order to bring us fulfillment or in order for us to feel fulfillment. So for the Virgin Warrior is establishing herself. I think about, I like to think about these in terms of the life cycle a lot of times. So that, that young teenage energy, if we can think about like, we're really trying to establish ourselves. We're breaking away from our parents. We're wanting to dye our hair, get tattoos, pierce things, all those things that are like, this is going to be me. And I think it's really easy at that time to be persuaded to different things. So we just need to be mindful that what we are pursuing is what we actually want and not what someone else wants that we think we want. We're just to go along with the group establishing and then I think experience too she's all about experiencing I just want to know what's around that corner what's over that edge you know what's at the end of the world like she wants to go big and she's just got so much energy and then there is the challenge part of it too of like if she wants to have those experiences she's going to take on the challenges and she's okay with that and that's that part of us that that can be really fearless. I think especially as we get older, we become sort of disconnected from that a little bit. It's so easy to be fearless when we're in that stage of our lives. But working through archetypes, we can bring that energy back to us, knowing that it's always there. We just maybe have to call it up a little bit more than we used to when we were in that stage of life. Then to tie this into the menstrual cycle as well. So during that follicular phase, when you're coming out of menstruation, there's this like surge of energy. I know the energetic flow of menstruation can be so different for women, but I think a common experience is to have a rise of energy as you're coming out of it. For me, for example, I have to be careful not to go full force on like day three. Like I am feeling it and I'm ready to go. And so it's like, okay, whoa, we still have to make sure there's like a little bit of reserve that goes with it too. Still take this at a sustainable rate and not spend all the money at once, right? The energetic money. (laughs) Sustainability is everything. I would love for you to go into how long the follicular phase is and how you can ease into it. I mean, if we think about spring as a season, the flowers don't all bloom at once. We get really excited because the little sprouts start to show that everything is budding and eventually that big, beautiful flower is there. Yes. One way I like to think about this. So like I already mentioned balance. I was a movement coach or personal trainer for a while and I'm very kinesthetic. So I tie a lot of things into the body as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like we were talking about, I can't separate anything in my life. Everything is connected. And so what I think about is body related. I think about surfing, which disclaimer, I'm not actually a surfer. I've done it once and I don't think I actually even stood up on the board, (laughs) but I can imagine, right? So when you're surfing, you're like catching that wave and it's building, it's swelling. And if anybody has surfed or watched a surfer, you know that that feeling of just like that steady, slow building swelling. Mm -hmm. So I use that feeling when I'm in the ocean and I'm trying to feel the energy of the wave and like not go too early or not go too late. Like, what does that feel like? And so I really use that in my 
in my daily life or my cycle life where I'm feeling this, okay, I just have so much energy. I want to go do all of this. And okay, well, catch the wave, get out of your head and get into your body. Like, what do you really want to do? today and also enjoy it. So it's not like I need to go to this mental place of, well, I want to do 500 things today. Therefore I have to do 500 things today. It's like, okay, I can hold the fact that I want to do 500 things. And also what feels good in my body right now? Maybe like these three things sound amazing today. And I'm going to follow that. I think there's a little bit of being okay with it. This is almost like surrender in reverse. Like how I talked about the wild woman enchantress kind of being surrendering into darkness in that fall season. This is almost like surrendering into growth, (laughs) which, yeah, I I didn't mention this before, but there is a lot of crossover. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking about this, a circle where I have the mother goddess at the top, that's ovulation, the, the wise woman crone at the bottom, that's menstruation. And then we have the flow in is the virgin warrior and the flow out is the wild woman enchantress. So there's crossover between the virgin warrior and the wild woman enchantress. And there's a lot of crossover between the mother and the crone. Even though mother and crone seem really different, they have this steady state energy where it's like, I've arrived at something. Whereas the virgin warrior and the wild woman enchantress are transition energy. And it's like, I'm moving through something. There's dynamics going on here. There's going to be emotions. There's going to be chaos or whatever. So I really see the connection on the two sides of those and the, the two sides of the top. And then there's also the connection between the phases that are adjacent to each other. As we're flowing from virgin warrior into mother, mother is all about abundance and joy and pleasure and gratitude and this full feeling of amazingness. And that's what the virgin warrior is moving towards. So we need to know that we'll get there. Like there is a full state that we're going to, we don't have to do it now. We don't have to do everything now. We can enjoy the process. I've, I've gotten goosebumps multiple times <laughs> and just your fullness of the energy flying <laughs> through you is, is like this beautiful painting that oh, thank you. like one of those, like, I don't know, as a kid, you had those weird little games, like you could push something and the, the photo would come alive and then you could put it the other way and it would like slowly disappear that's what I'm thinking of. And it's oh, just yeah. so much fun to envision this. Yeah. And to see how it can make a woman's life feel so much easier. Yes. And I would love for you to explain if someone is just hearing this, they're like, oh my God, this sounds yeah. exactly like what I need. Yeah. Where and how do I start? What's the one piece that they can begin to tip into it with? think just slow down and notice. I think this is speaking of trying to do everything at once. When I first started learning this stuff, I got really overwhelmed because I was like, I need to to know exactly what's going on at every point in my cycle every day. And it's really not so much of getting it down. (laughs) Like this is, this is not a worksheet. This is not like a check of boxes. It's not a math problem. It's an energy. So I think having grace with ourselves and trust with ourselves that as we notice more, we will learn this in our own bodies. I think just tuning in to experience and celebrating the small moments when you notice something like, cause it's just going to start with, huh, I really did feel super energetic today. And today is day three. I've never really thought about how energetic I felt at this day of my cycle. Mm-hmm. And then that will build from there. So does that kind of answer your question? Absolutely. Just beginning to track and to witness. 
Would you yeah. say this takes about a month so that you can, you know, wherever you're at in the cycle, you get an idea, maybe at menstruation, it could be easiest because you know when day one is, and then you could go from that point. Yeah, I would say a month is a good place to start, but really where you'll get the most out of it is multiple months. When I started moon journaling, it was like a couple months where, so I would moon journal every day and I'd write down the day in the cycle. And like you said, the day one is the first day of menstruating. They say not counting spotting, which can sometimes be hard to tell. (laughs) So, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever you feel like is your day one. And then I would do my journal entry for day five or whatever. And then I go back to the previous months and I look at all my other day fives and I'd be like, like sometimes I would have written the exact same thing because I'd always write my entry right before before I looked back, sometimes I would write the same thing. I'd be like, that is so crazy. I didn't even remember that from last month. So yes, I think tracking is a huge insight into how these energies are playing out in our own lives. Wow. Can you explain for anyone who's not catching on to the moon journal, what a moon journal is and why is the menstrual cycle related to the moon? The menstrual cycle is about 28 days, again, very different for everybody. And then the moon cycle is 28 days as well, or like 28 and a quarter or something like that. <laughs> I I don't know if scientifically they have been able to tie this. I've looked before and, and some people say like, oh, this is a myth or whatever. I'm like, I don't think it's quite coincidental that <laughs> we have these cycles. And also something that's really interesting to note is that our cycles go on a monthly cycle. Our hormones change drastically throughout a month yeah. and we're associated with the moon. Women are associated with the moon and men are more associated with the sun energy and their hormone cycle on a 24 hour cycle. And so that's why women are, or the menstrual cycle is associated with the moon cycle. There are the phases of the moon. So if anybody's really into astrology, I know you know way more about this than I do. So if you want to jump in at any point, very simply, we have the four phases of the moon. So we have the waxing moon where it's increasing, the full moon, the waning moon where it's decreasing, and then the new moon, the dark moon where we can't see it in the sky. Those energies also correspond with that circular four phase energy. So virgin warrior is that waxing moon, that increasing energy. And then mother is associated with the full moon. So that full abundance, ripeness, huge brightness. The waxing moon is the wild woman enchantress. So the waning, decreasing energy. And then the new or dark moon is the wise woman crone. So that's kind of a basic outline of of how the moon cycle ties into it as well and then for moon journaling and if anybody doesn't have a moon cycle or a menstrual cycle for whatever reason you can do this on the moon cycle so day one would be the dark moon the new moon mm-hmm. and then you can track it from there and I do actually have a friend who doesn't have her cycle anymore and she tracks on the moon cycle and she has noticed significant cycles just based off of the moon. So the moon really does affect us. Like we said, starting on day one and just writing down how you're feeling that day. It could be emotional, physical, mental, spiritual. It could be how hungry you are, how thirsty you are, how social you are, how sexual you feel, any of those things. What's going on in your life? You know, are you frustrated about something? Are you in love with life? Any of those things to give a snapshot of your day. It can be three sentences or something, you know, just a reminder, because of course we forget from one month to the next. And then doing that for several months and then looking back for patterns. When I did this, I realized that day 21 was always kind of a bad day. And I've been able to identify this day. That's like my wild woman enchantress energy where everything 
it's just unreasonable. <laughs> I just can't understand why I'm even upset about the things that I'm upset about. And it's it can be frustrating, but I have really been able to be like, okay, this shows up every or almost every month at this time. So now I can really be gentle with that and just be like, okay, well, what, what can I learn from this? And I know it's going to go away because sometimes I think it can be so easy to be like, this feeling's never going to go away. And to look back at all my journal entries and be like, nope, there's proof right there. In five days, you're going to feel great. <laughs> That is a very empowering, way simple way when we actually do it. When we put the three minutes in to grab the journal, write the day, the the cycle day we think we're on, and then jotting it down. That's profound. And I've never actually have heard anyone talk about it, how you're talking about it. And I've never even thought about it myself to do that and to look back and go, huh, this day is always particularly challenging. Yeah. 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 I think everybody, everyone who has a menstrual cycle should do it for sure. And if you don't have a menstrual cycle, like I said, you can do it on the moon cycle. Now that I've done the menstrual cycle for so long, I've kind of been interested in doing it on the moon cycle just to see how does that experience show up for me too. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is a freaking powerful tool, everyone. I highly recommend it. (laughs) And for men, I just wrote about this in my newsletter, but men are on the 24 hour cycle. Mm -hmm. And a really cool analogy was women are like that big tidal wave. Like you're saying, it comes over a really long month and then it, it it will go, but males are more like a, an ebb and flow every day. Mm -hmm. You get that quick ebb and that quick flow back. Oh yeah. I like that. I like that analogy. Yeah. It's just like a very simple and beautiful way to think about it. Cause we do operate differently yet. Mm-hmm. Men are also on that testosterone. So they are creating testosterone during the night. It peaks right in the AM. It's the highest midday. And then it begins to shoot back down for right. sleep. So men could also do this for y'all guys listening out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And the moon too affects all of us. I think men also have access to that monthly rhythm as well, not necessarily through their hormones, but through the moon energy. Absolutely. Do you think that oof, this question of when we're able to take this responsibility of honing in on our cycle, do you feel like this gives us the power back to how we curate our lifestyle? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. You mean like stepping outside of what culture has dictated for us? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. One of the major ways is that like you have proof now of what's going on with you. It's not just like, oh, I'm being battered around by the wind of everything going on around me. It's like, oh no, look, this is, this is your internal cycle. Things are happening here. I'm just going to do what the day tells me to do. It's like, no, I can really be more mindful of how I'm spending my energy. Or for a simple example, if you have mapped out on your calendar, like when my day 21 is, I can be really aware of, am I going to plan that for that day? I can always choose to, you know, like, again, this is not a prescription for your life. There's no boxes. You don't have to follow anything. This should not be stressful, but it's just information. Like if I see that day 21 on my calendar and I'm planning to do a workshop or something. Is that the day I want to put it on? Maybe not. (laughs) Super valuable. Does someone who might be in a nine to five Mm -hmm. traditional male designed working Mm -hmm. program Mm -hmm. handle this and use it to their advantage? My first thought is just get out. No, but (laughs) quit. (laughs) This is something I've been contemplating a lot lately, actually, is how to, because life doesn't always play the way we want it to. How can we address these things, even though things are not ideal? 
So say, for example, you're going to get your period and yet there's this super social thing you have to do, like family gathering or something like that. All you really want to do is be in bed. So that has to happen. You have to go to this family reunion for whatever reason. How can you still bring in the wise woman crone energy into that space? So maybe you just have quieter conversations with people off to the side maybe like you're naturally a very social energetic person, but you recognize that you're going to have this energy. You allow yourself to just be more chill. Don't think about what people are going to judge you about like, oh, she's not being herself or whatever. No, that is yourself. (laughs) You know, if that's what you're choosing, that is yourself. So how can I pull in these more gentle energies into that time of, of that cycle? And also, this is really interesting to notice is that when you when you really pay attention to this and you allow yourself to catch that wave and ride the wave the whole way around, I learned about this a long time ago, or I heard this a long time ago from a friend when I hadn't been journaling yet. And she she knew her cycle really well. And she was like, Yeah, I realized that all of a sudden around menstruation, I wasn't having big events. Like it, and she wasn't trying to make that happen. That was the energy she was living her life by and therefore her life was kind of molding to it. And I have actually noticed that in myself too. We're like all of a sudden, yeah, I'm not even necessarily planning this, but my calendar is clear around menstruation because I don't know, subconscious things or I don't know why. Wow. So when you get that in tune with it, that can happen. Hard to do sometimes when there are all these external influences. But yeah, going back to how can I pull in this energy a little bit is just advocating for yourself more. Sometimes I think we hold ourselves to standards more highly than other people. Like, can I just ask, can this be taken off my plate right now? Or, you know, I'm in my virgin warrior energy. I'm going to like check off a few more things to like buy myself some space later or something like that. So yeah, there are a lot of little subtle ways that you can work with that energy, even when you have a very strict schedule. Those subtle ways are usually the most impactful ways that we can make change in our life. Yes. What just came up for me with the life will mold to your energy. It's so true because your subconscious mind, I know with your rising Scorpio, you're all about that subconscious world, all in, all out, going to go deep. And it's this mysterious energy underneath, but it's, it's the truth. It's this honesty. It's this authenticity that wants to shine and be prevalent because when we can say yes to ourselves, how we're operating and moving through our day. And the energy we feel, it'll just make more sense. It'll be happy. It'll support us. That's what life wants to do for us. It wants to support us. Right. Totally. Yeah. And, and these archetypes are really like a teacher of that and the cycle, the, the inner seasons, they really are a teacher of that, of getting in touch with essentially what you just described as intuition, right? How can we function on our deepest level? to be in a flow. We're not forcing or trying to swim up current. We're going with it. And once we start going with it, everything becomes easier. (laughs) With this intuition idea, using this wobbliness that we're talking about with balance and how we want to stay in balance. But when we do get thrown off the horse, Mm -hmm. how could we even tap into that intuition? Maybe we're conscious to it or not. But we understand that, oh, maybe a shadow aspect is coming up. Yes. So if we're aware of what each shadow looks like of the goddesses, it's just like a red light or red flag or a little flashing light that's like, hey, 
here's out of balance. I think sometimes we get really sucked into our behaviors and are so tunnel visioned in this little world where we don't even necessarily stop and think like, huh, what is this a red light for, a flashing light for, you know, an alarm? What is it telling me? We're just in it. (laughs) For the Virgin Warrior specifically, her task is to establish herself and find her inner strength. She's really powerful. And so one way that her shadow shows up is through self-destructive behaviors. She's trying so hard down a destructive avenue. So for example, addictions, perfectionism, eating disorders, or things like that, where like she's trying so hard to be something, get something, do something, it becomes self-destructive, especially perfectionism. I I want so badly for this to work out the way I want it to. I'm going to use my full strength to get it, which means nitpicking about everything, which means tearing myself down about everything. You can really see her strength coming out there in a very negative way. We want to use her strength for our growth, not to tear ourselves down. If you see those self-destructive behaviors, that's a good sign that things are out of balance. Another one is denying your own individuality. So that's going along with what other people's want, what other people want, excessive people pleasing, afraid to set boundaries because you're afraid that people aren't going to accept the self that you're trying to create for yourself. So you're like, okay, I'll accept what you want me to be. That denial of individuality because her whole mission is to find out who she is. And we have all these other influences. And when we let them overly influence us, we can get out of balance in that way. In my head, just to make a note of it, it feels like a cardinal energy, of course, of spring, Aries energy. Mm-hmm. And then that addictive mechanism is that inability to trust. It's really that hold back of, ah, I have to manipulate or control yes. every aspect. Yes. Yeah. Inability to trust is huge. Trying to control everything. Exactly. I feel that so strongly sometimes in myself. I can recognize that shadow for sure. And then the third, I'm kind of thinking of these like three main shadows that I think of. There's probably infinite ones, you know, however they show up for you. Being out of alignment with your own soul too. So, you know, that feeling of being directionless or just like confusion or not knowing who you are, things like that. That's just a sign, again, that she hasn't put in the energy in the right places or spent enough time developing who she really thinks she is. And again, this can show up in any time of our life. But if you think about the life cycle, the younger phase of us, where do a lot of addictions and eating disorders show up in teenage girls? And not that they can't show up other places, but where do they first show up and show up the most strongly? Denying individuality. So that's the classic mom saying, if your friend jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? You know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Then being out of alignment with your own soul. I think we maybe see this with social media stuff right now. So many kids being sucked into their phones and maybe there's like some depression or despair or hopelessness because they're seeing what everybody else is doing and comparing themselves to that and not spending the time to establish themselves Mm -hmm. in their own strength, power, energy. Yeah, that's a big issue. They have found out that since COVID, suicide rates in teens have skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. And it's because of this I'm seeing so many realities playing out at once that our parents, us, we are not used to seeing so many possibilities, gift and a curse. Because if we don't have that soul alignment, that base to even operate from, it's going to feel like we cannot do anything or achieve anything. And then it's that disbelief in self. So with this shadow side, 
how can we find that belief or practice generating that belief for ourselves and and truly accepting that so that we can become strong in our conviction to have a direction in life, to have that clarity. I think Oprah says it. If you have someone who asks you to just go on a joy ride and you're like, oh, where are we going? And they say, um, I don't know, we're just going to drive around. Well, some people are going to be okay with that, but other people are going to be like, uh, no, I don't know where we're going because if yeah. I don't know the direction, if I don't know right. the purpose, what's right. the point? It really comes down to trusting that we do have our own unique compass. I think there is maybe a fear that we don't have our own compass, that if we don't control every aspect of what we do, mm-hmm. that like consciously with our minds, yeah. that we will like something bad will happen. (laughs) One of the first steps is to trust that we all have that inner guidance, inner compass, and that it is connected to a higher source and finding that trust that like, if I listen to myself, I will find the answers. I don't need to find the answers outside of myself. Cause I think about this all the time because I'm such a information lover. I love to absorb information. And then I'll catch myself some days and I'm just like, wow, all you've done is absorb other people's information. Have you even checked in about like how this feels in your body? So sometimes I'll just go for a walk and I'll be like, I need to, I need to feel myself again. You know, like, what do I feel like? So any of those practices where you have a chance to really tune into yourself, I think are very important for supporting her energy. What are your favorite ways to support this energy practices that you personally do? I like to always tie this back to like my connection with nature, because that's where I feel these energies the most strongly is disembodied from like what we've created as human culture. I think that it's easy to get sucked into everything that we've created as a human culture but there's so much outside of human culture that we are a part of. And so for me, I love to tie in the strength and challenge part of this with some outdoor energy too. So for me, that's going to swim in a really cold river or lake, or or you get that exhilarating feeling. Mm -hmm. Anything that I can do that will make me feel exhilarated, and that can sometimes bump us out of that despair. If we're exhilarated, we are connected to our power and things like, trail running or climbing to the top of a peak or going on a really long hike or backpacking into the middle of nowhere, things like that, where you can really feel that strength, the individuality, getting in touch with yourself. I really like to do them by myself or with, you know, someone very close to me so I can really have that, that space. Also playing sports, playing sports is a big one for me. (laughs) What are some sports that you use to really dive into and and get out of your head? Because this is, you said this earlier, and I can't believe how, one, I said this to you before we started, how familiar you feel and how it just feels. We're we're just home. We're hanging out. We've done this before. Yeah. Um, For everyone, we, beforehand, we were chatting about our astrology and Brie is, she is a massive Leo energy. Y'all think I'm Leo? She is Leo, (laughs) y'all. She is Leo. And she has her moon in Gemini and her rising in Scorpio, which is such a powerful and magnetic and (laughs) full of life energy. But you said, move out of the head and into the body. Mm -hmm. I will not kid you. I had repeated this to a 
skiing athlete that I coached this winter mm-hmm. hundreds of times because mm-hmm. she's in that virgin mm-hmm. warrior energy. She's 13, I think going on 14 uh-huh. and this August on the 12th. She's also a Leo, which I think is super cool. I believe it's the 12th. Yeah. And she is always very fearful of taking up space, being full of life, yeah. really staking her claim. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the, she's so fast. She's so powerful. She's just this force of nature, but she's afraid of really letting it be seen. She's yeah. afraid of success. Mm-hmm. What I, I see from her. So I tell her all the time, get out of your head and into your body. I, I think sports are so good for that. You ask what sports specifically for me, one of them is rock climbing. There's like a huge strength component to that and the mental challenge and everything. I love that being able to be focused. And I think that really draws up the Virgin Warrior energy in me. Also basketball, because it has that playfulness to it, which is something that as a kid, I started playing basketball on the playground in fifth grade. And like, for me, that has always been this nostalgia piece. I was never really great at it. I played a little bit in junior high and high school, never on varsity. (laughs) I recently found a group of women that go and just play. And it's like the perfect blend of like playful and competitive, not overly competitive, but they care too. So I think doing something like that, where you can't even think because Mm -hmm. the plays are happening so fast, like you just have to you feel and you go with it and you have to call up a lot of energy. The more intense you can be, the the more fun it is. I cannot agree more. Another thing you said earlier, which you just spoke again, was you can't feel two things at once. You can't mm-hmm. think two things at once. So you're either happy or you're sad. You're intense or you're subtle. And yeah. I think that's a really beautiful acknowledgement to have because mm-hmm. once you understand that, And you see how easy it is to create that point. You're like, oh, I'm feeling X. Let me go sprint down the road if I don't have a lot of time. Or if you're mad at a coworker and it's online and you're frustrated and the email, you just can't get it done. Go outside for 10 minutes and play with the dogs or just lay on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And scream. Right, yeah. Move energy, move energy. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) Moving energy is my favorite. Is there any last words you'd like to say to wrap up the virgin warrior energy, whether it's shadow, light, mission? I feel like we kind of covered it all. I'm sure there's more we could say about it, but I think that's a really great overview. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bree. This has been super exciting. What is the next archetype you'll talk about? for the series. So a little teaser, the mother creator, which right now when we're recording this, at least we're in summer, she is the summer energy. And it's all about that fullness, that newness, and also that play between creation and joy and pleasure and reminding us that when we're creating, we should also be feeling joy and pleasure. Creating and nurturing is not a work task. It should also be joyful. Yeah. Mm, amen to that permission to be curious and permission to be full Mm -hmm. so everyone that's what you got next coming to you for part two thank you so much Bree. this has been such a delightful connection and i I can't wait for the next one yeah me too (laughs) well thank you everyone and we will catch you on the next podcast thank you so much for listening to today's episode i say that with a ton of reverence for your time and your energy, and for allowing this show to be a part of your day. That is meaningful. Please consider leaving a five-star review 
following along on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the video version on YouTube and come hang out with me on Threads. We are making an impact together every single day that we stand up and we share, we learn, and we thrive.